a special Cellar Dive episode of... Brutal Battle. Yeah, so uh, we're doing these Cellar Dive things. I don't know if people love them or hate them, but we like them because it really helps us get through some beers that we've been um, oddly just saving in perpetuity. And that just ends up becoming a problem because it's like, when is the time to drink this beer? So... When we do these episodes, it's perfect because it means that we will then have it recorded for posterity. If we want to remember how these tasted, we can go back and listen to it. So anytime it's on the podcast, it's the right time to try these types of beers. So Only two of them really were ones. Right. So that's where I was going to go next. Sorry. Uh, First off, this is the fourth episode of of its kind. We're going to keep doing these uh, because we like them and it's fun to work down stuff in our cellar. So we use the cellar dive moniker a little bit loosely just because it's kind of whatever we have at home we can pull from and it's just our choice. But I do try to make sure that we at least have something that truly is like a cellar style beer. So for this particular episode, two of them are definitely cellar style beers uh, and two are not so, not as much so. And kind of one of the main reasons we do this too is I want to have a variety of types of beer, because if we did just purely cellar dive, we'd just be drinking like barrel-aged and sours, and that would be pretty much it. You'd get nothing hoppy, you'd get nothing light, so um, that's... I don't think we could drink them all. Right, yeah, that's the other thing. Doing four barrel-aged beers or (laughs) something like that would just be impossible. Um, Well, I mean, maybe not impossible, but very ill-advised. It'd be bad. So, uh, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Rebecca, you had the first pick. Yeah, I picked it because it was my beach beer. I drank it on the beach, and I have a lot of them, and we need to go through them. It is, I can't reach it. You can't reach it. There okay. you go. It's Numero Uno, um, which is an agave cerveza by Flying Dog. It's a lager brewed with agave nectar and finished with lime zest. Yep, and Flying Dog's out of Frederick, Maryland, ABV 4.9%. These are in cans. So it was like the perfect beach beer. 4.9. What was it? Um, by the way, for noise in the background, if people don't hear it or people do hear it, just know you may hear a little bit. There's uh, Our cat yells in the background from time to time just because. I don't know why. Actually, it's for attention. <laughs> and uh, our, one of our neighbors decided as we just sat down to record, hey, it's time to mow the lawn. So you may hear that as well. But anyway. About this Numero Uno Mexican lager. Super clear. Yeah. And very light. Very light yellow straw. A little bit of an orangish tinge to the yellow. Nice, bubbly, cloudy head. Yeah. Like billowy, like clouds. Smells like... A lager! I get a lot of lime. I love it. It smells like, like tart lime and also like... Kind of smells a little salty too. I was just gonna say salty, yeah. But you definitely get those typical lager yeast notes mm-hmm. on there. A um, little bit of like a honey to it. Little, little uh, straw note in there as well. I think, and a tad, tad, tad bit of apple to it. It tastes. Maybe this is just because I had some bread before we recorded, but it does taste very bready and biscuity. Um, no, I think you're right. It does have a little bit of a breadiness to it. Um, a lot of the honey comes through on the flavor, although 
I guess it's not so much honey. This is done with agave, right? Mm -hmm. So the sweetness would be coming from the agave, but it's close to like a honey type flavor. I'm not, I wish there was more lime. I get the slightest, slightest bit of the lime. Yeah, it's not as pronounced as you would assume for them calling out that it has lime in it. And I don't, I don't taste any saltiness really. Mm -mm. I just, it smelled that way. Mm. I had one of these yesterday and Carlin's like, not my thing. I, I mean, it's not bad. I, I'm just not typically a Mexican-style lager fan, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Mexican-style lager is kind of like a real made-up thing. It's actually the base of it's a Vienna-style lager, and then it's just been kind of, like, changed over time. It mainly changed when they started using different sweeteners, like corn syrup. That's when it mainly was happening. But agave has been used in its place as well. And then you have the addition of lime, which initially... A lot of people don't know this. Initially, lime wedges were shoved in the top of the bottles of lagers in Mexico to help keep um, flies out of the beer. That's the reason that lime was shoved in there. And it's a flavor that wouldn't clash with the beer. So, and it just took off. It became a traditional thing. And now it's totally a thing. So, but if you think about it, that's smart. You know, you're, you're getting flies and stuff in your beer. You don't want that. Shove a lime in there to plug the hole when you're not taking drinks of it, and it doesn't taste bad. Hmm. That's how that happens. That's a little history lesson. I mean, I, I have to be honest. This is not my my style. I don't really like this type of thing, especially because, like, I don't like the addition of things like lime all that much with my beers. But for a Mexican style with lime and agave, it's well done. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad. I like, I mean, I could sit, I sat on the beach and had three of them and I'm like. Well, they're light. I mean, 4.9%, they're easy, they're refreshing. Yeah. yeah, But enough flavor. I'm happy with my beach beer choice this year. Good. So the numero uno had one out, hands down. It won and it served me well. Okay, good. Because I knew you were, you had a lot of himming and hawing going on about that. Well, you know, I put a lot of thought into my beach beer as well as my beach book. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want my beach experience to be... All that it can be. Yeah. The best. Okay. So, my first beer that I chose is a Session IPA, also on the light side. 4.5% alcohol. Oh, wow. It is called Hobo Life, and it is by Lord Hobo Brewing out of Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, And it's dry hopped with Citra Hops. Um, this is a beer, we cannot get this in Maryland. When we were at Rehoboth Beach in Delaware, I I always like to just stop in the liquor stores there just to see if there's anything different that we can't get. And, open this up. And I was very surprised to see that they had Lord Hobo stuff. They had this Hobo Life, which I've never had before, and they had the Boom Sauce, which is their Imperial IPA, which I have, I believe it's their Imperial, which I have had the Boom Sauce um, cause my buddy Jason Ng, who lives in Massachusetts, had brought it to me when he was visiting once, uh, and that's a really good beer. So, I didn't pick that up, I wanted to, but there was no date code on it, but oddly enough, there's a date code on the Hobo Life, and it was within acceptable date code for me, so I picked up a six pack of that. And this is so, our last one. Yeah, this is the last one, we already went through some of it, so. Alright, it's very yellow. 
Yeah. It's, Even more yellow than the numero uno. It's interesting. Um, you know, both these beers I've had recently, but I drank them out of the can. So I mm-hmm. didn't really appreciate or look, look at the color. Yeah. It's really it's hazy. hazy. Yeah. Super hazy. Look, there's kind of, there's a decent white head to it that just kind of sticks around. Like just looking at this beer, I would say, oh, it's a Goza. Yeah, I mean, it, it does look goza esque. With the smell. Oh my just... god. Super citrusy. Yeah. Lots of good tropicality, but it's also letting you know that there's tons of citra in there. It's got that kind of like BO kind of really? note that a lot of people associate with citra. Hmm. There's a little bit of a funky body odor. That goes along with all that nice citrusy aspect. Mm, I don't know if I could pick that out. It almost smells a tad bit sweaty. It's like if hops could sweat, <laughs> to be a well, little. This makes me not want to drink it now. No, it still smells awesome. I also get a little hint of like a honey on the finish of the nose. Lots of citra. Yeah, I mean, the only I, I I really like this beer. I think it is very clean. It's mm. not doesn't have a bitter finish um it is very fruity um i wish it was just the taste match the nose yeah and we find that with a lot of beers it's significantly more amped up with the the smell of it yeah. over the flavor there is a lot more of a bitterness on the finish than i expected for this beer based on the way it smelled uh but but it's good i mean there's a lot of citra coming through uh, if you're a person who typically isn't huge in the session IPAs, you're probably not going to like this, especially because it has a very, very light body to it. it is, it's yeah. like crazy light body. Um, and a lot of people who don't like session IPAs typically say it because it's like hop water and it's, it is super watery and it's just kind of like, it's just hoppy. Like it's citrusy yeah. bitter. And that, that basically is what this is, but I mean, I like it. What's funny because the first, I think you had one of these the first night. Uh, yeah, I think it was the first night. And I was like, oh, I want that to be my beach beer, you know, because it's it has such great flavor, but it is really light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super light. I mean, there was a significant, like significantly more body in the Numero Uno than the the Hobo Life, which is kind of an odd thing. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but. I mean, session IPAs, whatever. If you want that flavor of hops, but you don't want a heavy beer, session IPAs. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next one is actually another one of mine, because we're going in what makes sense for tasting order. This is one that is truly like a cellar beer. Actually, it's been sitting in our cellar for closing in on two years now, so let's see how it is, and this could be a risk of overflow. Of Where, um, where did you get this? So we got this when we were in Oregon. Um, that was two years ago, almost. Yeah, wasn't that th- three years ago? I think it was two. Oh, two. So this beer is the Petite de Say. It's a tart farmhouse style ale done by Degard Brewing out of Tillamook, Oregon. Now Degard is highly regarded for doing a lot of wild ales, and this is one of them. Um, I think they say that they they don't really pitch yeast; they just use whatever's is around in the environment. Uh, I've only had one Degard before, and I enjoyed it, so I'm assuming this will be good. Plus, I love a tart farmhouse. Hmm. 
Okay. Sure. Not a ton on the, uh, I thought we were potentially going to have some, uh, spillage, but no. Let's see how it tastes. Pretty. Like it's just so. So I love a good clear beer. Actually, I think the other Degard that that we had, we may have done on an episode some time ago. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I think. Like okay. a yellow orange. It looks quite orange, especially in comparison to the last two beers. Mm-hmm. There is some head around the edge, mm-hmm. mainly just around the edges, and they're really large bubbles. It's pretty clear, yeah. But just smelling this beer makes my, like, taste buds water in anticipation of how tart it's going to be. So, the biggest thing that, that jumps out at me in the smell is it kind of smells like apple cider vinegar. It's got a little okay, vinegariness, okay. and it's got that apple coming together, but it's a little bit sweet at the same time. Okay, I can get that. I love apple cider vinegar. That's mainly all I can smell. Can you smell anything else? Oh, there's a funkiness in there. There's definitely a funkiness. There's definitely a tart. I, I was going to say, like, sweet tarts. Yeah. You know, the sweetness and then the tart. I agree. Um, Do I get a tad bit of, like, an apricot? Kind of. I could know. see that. Yeah, maybe. I could, like a dried apricot? Yes. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Like a funky dried apricot with apple cider vinegar poured on Okay, I'm going in. Which actually, that does not sound good, but the smell's good. Ooh. Oh, that's got a very present sourness. Not tart, it's sour. It says it's a tart farmhouse, but it is straight up sour. Now, part of that may have been the difference between when we picked up the bottle and if there's bacteria in there still working while it's been sitting in the cellar. So it could have become more sour with time. So I would not call this tart farmhouse. I would call this sour farmhouse ale hmm. at this point. Um, it's hard for me to say I like this beer because mm-hmm. it's kind of like one note. Um, That apple cider vinegar aspect does come through in the flavor, and I do think it's pretty substantial. Um. Do you like sour stuff is one of the main things for this. I don't taste a ton of like a farmhouse aspect uh-uh. to it because it's mainly that sour taking over. I get a bit of a funkiness from most likely some bread. Yeah, I can't say. I... It's a lot of lemony notes coming yeah, through I was, too. I was going to say I'm getting more lemon on the taste. Oh. Hmm. It's, it, it's got a really lingering sourness on your tongue, too. I know. It's like creating so much phlegm. Hmm. That's a phlegm bomb, you could say. It gets more apple-y as I taste it, too. Um, I don't feel a need to drink more of that. I kind of had a feeling that would be the case. I don't feel a need to drink more of the numero uno, so you can have all that. Uh, by the way, it's petite to say, the, the guard's... It was like a 750 milliliter. Oh, it's a 20. Yeah, it's a 750, I believe. So, bigger than 22. So, I think that's all me. <sighs> okay, Rebecca, explain the final beer to us. Okay. The last one we have is by Westbrook. Another one that is cellar worthy because it has been sitting in our cellar for a bit. 
It is their fifth anniversary chocolate raspberry imperial stout. Brewed with raspberries, cocoa nib- nibs, and vanilla beans. It's 10%. Um, this was... Are they out of Pleasantville, South Carolina? Uh-huh. Okay, got it. Uh, this was given to us by Nathan Kolasnik, so thank you, Nathan. Now, Carlin, it does say drink fresh or cellar up to one year. I don't think we've had it more than a year. Well, it was bottled on one something 2016. Okay, so we're a little over a year. Yeah, good thing we're drinking it. We're some months over a year, so there you go. Well, they might be afraid of the raspberry... Falling out on this would be my guess. Maybe some of the chocolate. Let's give this a go. Oh, it's pouring so dark. It's pouring so dark. Look at that. And there's not... Not a ton of head. Yeah, no, there's not a ton of head to it. Very, very slight. Don't put that over there. All right. I mean, it looks like an Imperial stat. It looks super, super dark. Not much head, like we were saying. This beer has probably the best nose in a beer. Like, it is so much raspberry, so much chocolate. It smells like dessert. This beer smells amazing. So it smells like legitimately chocolate-covered raspberries. Like, if you go to a nice restaurant, you get fresh raspberries, and you get just, like, chocolate covering those raspberries. Like a ganache. Like a chocolate ganache Mm. just laid over them. That's what it smells like, and that's awesome, because a lot of times with these fruited ones, I think we had that when we did the, the Founder's Lizard of Cause yeah. with the blueberries. They smelled so artificial, the yeah. blueberry. These raspberries do really not fresh. smell artificial. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to just, like, eat the smell. <sighs> that raspberry is intoxicating. It's amazing, that smell of raspberry on there. Oh my god, I cannot wait. Your thoughts on the flavor? It's delicious. It's not as much raspberry on the flavor as the nose, but it is still a very, very nice beer. I feel like I it's 10%. I would never guess. So I feel like I get just about the same amount in the flavors I do on the nose with the raspberry. Mm, I get a little bit less, but it's still there. Yeah. I'm getting more as I drink it. I think the raspberry is very pronounced. I think it's <sighs> very well done. What's interesting to me is when I was smelling it, the chocolate smelled more of like a milk chocolate, but tasting it, it tastes dark. dark. So that, And there is that kind of bitterness at the end that goes along with like more concentrated dark chocolate. We didn't say anything about the vanilla beans. Are you getting a lot of the vanilla? Um, I feel like... Maybe... And then, so when I first initially smelled it... I thought, you know what, this smells like vanilla ice cream with chocolate and raspberries, um, but I don't know if I taste it. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really taste the vanilla a lot. Well, I guess I taste a tad bit of it when I'm not drinking anything and I'm just letting the flavors kind of sit in my mouth. And actually at that time, I'm also mm. getting coffee coming through. So it's like having... A little cup of coffee with your dessert. Oh, this is delicious. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but I think that the the vanilla is probably really being beat out by that raspberry. Um, but the thing is, like, there, there are strong flavors in this. And I think the vanilla is just struggling to get recognized. Because 
it starts with very strong raspberry, then it transitions to very strong bitter chocolate, bitter dark chocolate, and then it kind of finishes with like a roasty coffee. Um, and they're they're strong flavors, mm-hmm. so the vanilla can't really peek through. If anything, I think the vanilla may be giving it a slight bit of a creaminess. Yeah, it's so good. I can't wait to drink more of that. It is good. Mm. You say it's 10%? Yeah. You you could tell me it's eight, eight and a half, maybe. I don't, yeah, it doesn't drink like a 10%. Yeah, no. Um, wow. Yeah, no. Very that's, good. That's a tasty-ass beer. Um, that's really good. Okay, so Una. I'm going to drink the Westbrook and the Numero Uno. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have some more of the Westbrook. You and then... <laughs> the uh, the Westbrook alcohol has helped cut through the phlegm from oh. the, the Guard beer. Thank God. Which is nice. Thank you very much for that. that that's very uh, very nice. I feel like we ran through these beers pretty quick. We're, we're significantly shorter than we typically are, but... It is what it is. That's because we have to eat dinner. Yeah, no, that's true. Okay, so you know the drill. We're going to rank these. I... Okay, well, number one is Westbrook for cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And then the DeGarde is my last choice. I, you know, I have it. Uh, I, you know, I think I'm going to go Westbrook, Numero Uno, Hobo Life, and... The Degard. Mm-hmm. I love. I really do like the taste of the Hobo Life. Um, the body is. But the body, you. if it if it just had a little bit more body, I would. Yeah, and I think I think part of the problem on that too is when you continue to drink it. Also, it um, the flavor falls off kind of quick. And what I'm when I'm saying the flavor, I mean like obviously that citra hop flavor. It falls off kind of quick because of the watery aspect. And it just leaves the bitterness. Uh, I, for me, it wasn't as bitter. Um, but I gotta go with my numero uno. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm a little bit undecided at the moment, so I am rinsing my glass, and I just need to take one more taste of the Degard. Because, gotta be honest, I was expecting a little more complexity from the Degard. But then again, yeah. that could also have to do with what I was saying, mm-hmm. holding it for as long as we did and it just getting more sour. Now, now that I go back to it, I am getting more of a complexity to it, definitely. Uh, there's more of the funky aspect coming through, and it's kind of folding in a little bit more with that sourness. And I'm tasting that kind of like dried apricot that we were talking mm-hmm. about. That's Wait. good. I have a feeling that as this continues to warm up, it's oh. it's going to start having more layers. Well, that'll be interesting. That's why I feel like you need to do an addendum to this. Well, that's why I just went back and retasted it. but like even after... And I can tell how this beer is probably going to unfold based off of just that short period of time going, you know, back to it. No. You're still not big on it. I mm. mean, it's a little better. It's good. But... That's not, nice. Not my jam. So much phlegm, though. <laughs> Just a lot of phlegm. So anyway, um, so I I will have to agree with you that I do like the Westbrook as my number one. I mean, the that's like hands down. Fifth anniversary chocolate, chocolate raspberry, raspberry imperial stout. Yeah, that's my number one. My number two is the Degard Petite de Say Tart Farmhouse. It is good. It's tasty. 
What? Yeah, no, it's definitely good. Well, there's a lot more complexity to it. My number three is the Numero Uno by Flying Dog. What? N- numero Uno. Even though I said I'm not a huge fan it's of that really style. really well done. Exactly. It's well done. And for that style, I would not mind it. I don't mind it. And then my last one is the Lord Hobo, Hobo Life um, Session IPA Dry Hop with Citra. It's good. But it, you know, like we were talking, like it just kind of, the flavors fall off a little too fast. And there's too, for me, there's a little too much bitterness that just lingers. So, you know. I mean, I don't want to like keep dogging on this Hobo Life though. Because, I mean, I would definitely drink it again. Yes, exactly. Like. Well, that's the thing. Typically when we're doing these episodes... There aren't bad beers. Yeah. Well, that, every now and then, there were that there was a one episode with this one. There are no bad yeah. beers. Yeah, well, that, that's in your opinion. I, you hate the Tagard, but I like it. I'm just not like a huge sour person, but okay, right. I can't say it's bad. It's just not my cup of tea. That sourness is softening as I continue to drink. How it. about we say this? It is. We tasty. are not dumping any of these beers. They will all be nope. consumed, and they will all be enjoyed by one of us. Correct, or both of us. Or both of us, yes. So, okay, awesome. Um, this was a successful cellar dive. Yeah. I know two episodes ago it was kind of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, two cellar dives ago, that is, it was kind of a mess. So it's always good when it goes smoothly and everything is at least solid. So, like I said, we're going to keep doing these. I think we're going to do two cellar dives between um, Brutal Battle Royale's Decasodes. So expect that. We're also going to be doing two brewery showcase episodes in between decasodes. Um, and then we'll throw in some other stuff like try and get some pack attack in there. But the packs have been hard just because they the are... packs are hard because one... They go out of date code fast? Yes. Yeah. Or they don't date code. And right. I'm very hesitant to buy a full like pack of beer with lots of hoppy stuff in it. But yeah, and the date, and there, and it's out of date code, even though there is no date code right. on it, right? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So, and then food and beer, we're going to continue to do that. So, and some other stuff. We have some other ideas. Um, I was going to tease one of them, but I'm not going to, just in case we don't end up doing it. But it should be fun, and could involve actually two ideas could involve us manipulating beer. And then trying it. So, just I'll throw that teaser out there. That's fine. Anyway, thank you everyone for checking this out. Thanks again, Rebecca, for being here and drinking good beer with Mm me. I I don't really have that much of a choice. No, you don't. I corner you. Well, you you give me a choice of days. (laughs) You're like, we need to do one this weekend. When do you want it? And then I give you the choice of what beers you're going to... That's true. Two of the beers you're going to drink. You have to know, we have a lot of sours in this house. And I'm pretty much the only one who drinks them. So... You you should know that on like every cellar dive episode, there's going to be a sour beer. True. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to go eat some dinner. We are, and please don't forget. Keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 